Hello and welcome to another hometown daily news show. I am Marwat, and this is season two, episode 108 for April 18th, 2023. Tonight's title, a large swift pepperoni pizza and more news. Here's a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. Right out of the gate, we're going to talk about the settlement of Dominion and Fox and some of the pending lawsuits. I won't spend a lot of time. Why? Because it's a done deal. There's not much to say. You're not going to see any. <laughs> You're not going to see really the truth come out about this situation. Then we're going to talk about uh, Niantic uh, making a real-world Monster Hunter game. And then Lululemon used tiny organisms instead of fossil fuels to make nylon for its new shirt. I'm really curious about that. Uh, Elon Musk changed the Canadian or CBC, I'll just say that, CBC's Twitter tag to 69% government-funded after it said that it was 70% or less government-funded. So... There's that. We'll talk about that. Ninth Circuit can believe it's not butter because it's a spray. FTC warns Congress that AI technology is going to be the end of us all. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, it could turbocharge fraud and scams. Yeah. Nest finally got its matter update. It's actually on its way over time, but it's going to be able to be attached to Apple home compatibility options. Paramount has announced a movie, Star Trek Section 31, with uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yay. And uh, Gogoros, I think it's pronounced, or Gogoros. I'm not sure. Battery swapping stations in Taiwan. Hey, I know somebody that really wants battery swapping. They're smaller, though. Uh, Germany has shut down the last of its three nuclear power plants. Or I should say its last three. And uh, it was interesting to find that one in hometown uh, in the last 24 hours. A New Orleans uh, pizzeria is offering free pizza for a year in exchange for Taylor Swift tickets. And a Florida driver strips down to his underwear and tries to hide from police in the swamp. Let's get into today's shoe. It's an interesting day. I am Erwat, that is hometown.com, and up there is the visualizer for the one, the only, the AI. Good evening, hometown citizens. Hey, you're still working. Look at that. Ah, did a software patch. Not really sure if the AI is fully functioning Death Star or not. Guess we'll see. <laughs> So we already selected the articles. We actually have 12 tonight and uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to try and not soapbox and go through these pretty quick. So let's do this. Let's, let's do this. So from Mike Lindell to OA and here's everyone, uh, Dominion and Smartmatic are suing over election conspiracy theories so far because this came into existence because uh, Dominion has settled uh, with Fox News, which really shouldn't be called news, um, just 
Fox for $787.5 million. You got to do that 0.5 because... Exactly. That's pretty critical. Uh, you're not 6'2", you're 6'2 and a half. Anyway, almost $800 million. I'll round up. Staving off what was expected to be a blockbuster defamation trial over election conspiracy theories. And damn it, I really wanted that to happen. I really wanted that to happen. So this article, oh, and let me get it out of the way really quick. I'm going to throw it over into the VOD and um, it will be in the show notes. It'll be all over the place and it's over at hometown.showbot.tv. You can vote on the articles right now. Now, I try to not get too political. Obviously, anybody can take anything and make it political. I Sometimes it's just right and wrong. And that's the angle that I'm coming from. Not political in terms of party and whatever else because i don't walk a line i walk right and wrong um the truth and i well there's a lot there a lot there so let's just follow this article and oh well let's see here here is the Motley crew and not the band. Um, you could probably make a band out of these three, right? Yeah, but what would they be called? I don't know. Like Squirrel Nut Zippers is a band. It would have to be something, you know, evocative like that. When you hear that name, you kind of, what is that? That sounds kind of zippy, kind of snazzy. Well, I'm really curious about their kind of music, right? Well, this, you're going to have to do something like it's batshit crazy. Oh, wait, I'm only six minutes into it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, Grace Dean and Jacob Shamsian is over at Business Insider who wrote this article. Um, man. Anyway, that was Mike Lindell and Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani who are going to be crushed by the Dominion and Smartmatic uh, lawsuits for defamation because they are the ones that were saying publicly and loudly using the bullhorn of Fox News to amplify their voices. However much Fox News was saying, they're all crazy. <laughs> so behind closed doors. Oh, right. They were saying that these three were wingnuts and lo and behold, they settle for almost $800 million. Now, what are these people going to do? Well, what is Fox going to do? I mean, are they going to go after these people? Well, I don't know if that's even possible because it wasn't Fox News it, it wasn't Fox News that was saying the message, but they amplified it by choice, which is why they settled. Now, if I go to some newscaster and I say, hey, I think a bunch of this and here's what I have to say. You have as a new as a broadcaster, you have to go. Do I want to hitch my horse to this? 
do I want to risk the over bias of this or, or do I want to control myself and say we should be in the middle, not espousing a particular view, just reporting the facts? Well, yes, but that's describing a news organization. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, this is this really should be brought forward so that somebody is forced to provide the truth beyond a shadow of a doubt. But every time somebody provides the truth, they say, oh, it's manipulation. But the, you know, you can't prove that anything happened. You can't even hint that anything happened. Why? Because a stable mind means that when you're looking at a video of somebody pulling stuff out, you go, well, because they, they were talking about how they would pull, uh, you know, bins of votes out, except that it was this little snippet. They didn't see the fact that they put them in as well. You know, I, I mean, these were periods of time where people were putting something secure away and then taking it out later and all kinds of other machinations that when you're not touched, it doesn't mean anything. It's nothing. Um, but for whatever reason, these people, they, they get something out of it. So here's a whole bunch. Sydney Powell is being sued by Dominion and Smartmatic uh, for $1.3 billion. Um, let's see where I'm going to scroll through and you can get the minutia out of this. If you want to, you can go and check it all out. Rudy Giuliani is being sued by Dominion and Smartmatic again, seeking $1.3 billion. Um, it's disinformation and defamation. Um, Mike Lindell is being sued by Dominion and Smartmatic, but he's busy selling pillows. Um, again, $1.3 billion. Fox News by Smartmatic and Dominion. Smartmatic is still pending. $2.7 billion against Fox News. Um, because it says it was a, it's accusing Fox News of waging disinformation campaigns about the company's role in the 2020 election. And uh, I'm not sure if this is the one I'm because they're all kind of merged together. I think Smartmatic is the one that involved that other um, person that settled the case with the guy from what country was it? Brazil oh, or I forgot, but I know what you're talking about or Chile. I'm not sure. Janine Pirro, uh, Maria Bartiromo, Lou Dobbs by Smartmatic. Um, a 285-page lawsuit against Fox News also named host Lou Dobbs, uh, Maria Bartiromo, uh, Janine Pirro as defendants. Um, how much is that one worth? And Newsmax is being sued by Dominion. Um, again, it's because of amplification of the wingnut contingent. Um, accused Newsmax of promoting falsehoods about the company in order to compete with Fox News, which had correctly 
uh, recognize Biden's victory in November. So all of this is all is about the the, the wingnet contingent. One America News is being sued by a Dominion 1.6 billion dollar defamation lawsuit. Um, and uh, according to this article, all of these are still live. Right, Patrick. and I just looked up that other one was Fox News settled with a Venezuelan um, individual. Right. Yeah, and that's one where we talked about it briefly as well. Patrick Byrne is being sued by Dominion. Uh, part of I I don't know if it's individual lawsuits one point six billion dollars or if they're all being brought up in the same. Right. Um, it says the lawsuit accuses Byrne, a staunch Trump ally, of waging a defama- def- uh, defamatory disinformation campaign against Dominion. Um, and this is something, and that's the last one in this list, but this is something that I had been discussing with people that if you're going to bring down society, you impugn the integrity of the democratic process. And lo and behold, it actually came into existence. I was shocked um, that this started to become, I was watching it happen going, I I can't believe that somebody's actually doing this thing that I used as an example of using technology to disrupt society. Uh, Because the question that I ask people when I give a presentation is, what is something technology driven that could be done by a bad actor to disrupt society in the m- largest way, in the biggest way, in the most impactful way. Um, and nobody ever, they always say th- something like, well, I'll shut down the power grid or I'll hack cars or, uh, you know, blank the banking system or something like that. Um, but all of that is short lived. You can recover from that in relatively short amount of time unless you're really good and wipe out all financial records well where maybe you know chaos might ensue but usually what would happen is people would go oh there's zero evidence that anybody owns anything anywhere except for the houses that are being lived in by the very people okay well i think everybody should just it's a wash good luck um you know that would probably be the most fanciful Um, but I've always been pretty steadfast that if you're going to destroy society, particularly a democratic one, disrupt democracy. Um, and sure enough, that's where we are. So at any rate, um, one down, I was trying to find out if there were multiple suits, but I'm having a problem with my search results right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's Trying to find something in the noise is going to be really tough. Well, At least of course, it's all dominated by this. Yeah. So we'll look into it. And if it becomes an issue where we need to talk more about it, we'll talk more about it. But right now, one big one down, a bunch of other little fish to go. And good luck to Dominion and Smartmatic for shutting this crap down. It is the equivalent of telling uh somebody at a bar who just keeps on spouting at you about crazy stuff to go back under the rock um and all of these people should just go back under their rock but hey lindell's selling those pillows baby 
So the next article is over in uh, the Late Night Geeks channel. Niantic is making a real-world Monster Hunter game. If you're not familiar with Niantic, they made Pokemon Go. They also made another one further back. I can't even remember the name of it, but it was a hacking game. Um, and uh, you would go to nodes and try and hack them. Well, now they're going to be in partnership with Capcom to launch a Monster Hunter franchise mobile game that is probably going to be like the Niantic um, Pokemon game, except that now it's going to be these Monster Hunter uh, or monsters. So let's just go over to um, TechCrunch and Ivan Meta is the author of this article. And it says, while Pokemon Go is still Niantic's most popular game, the company is trying to diversify its portfolio by announcing a new game. They just announced a partnership with Cap Capcom uh, for the Monster Hunter franchise. Pretty cool. Uh, I'm probably going to try it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I wonder if it even has the possibility of even half the success of Pokemon Go, because that was just like it changed gaming to me and you had just entire changes in the real world, right? Because um, shops and other things became, um, I forgot the terminology, but basically like a hub for where um, you could catch Pokemon, etc. So I'm curious how this is going to go over. Yeah, arenas to fight. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't see it as being even remotely close, but it might it might um, gain. It says the developer said on the website that they will start sharing invites starting April 25th to roughly 10,000 people. I'd be surprised if they get 10,000 people to play this game. But hey, um, you know, marketing reach is what it is. They could probably get the whole world. You know, they have access to the whole world, so maybe they can get 10,000 people. I just don't see Monster Hunter as being that big. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't hear people talking about monster hunter like I hear and see Pokemon. I mean, <clears throat> I, I can walk through the enterprise and I'll see somebody playing Pokemon. That's how popular Pokemon is, but nobody's sitting on their computer playing monster hunter. Um, at least anecdotally, obviously. Well, they also have um, Parado, which is a, a game where you take care of virtual pets and take them on, on walks. I think I kind of like these kind of things where they get you out and doing something. Um, but frankly, I guess it's good for Niantic because I, I mean, it's a win win everywhere because if anybody is doing anything, then they're part of Niantic's e ecosystem. Capcom is getting people engaged in their IP and people are getting out walking around doing stuff, hunting for bots. And once the cost is sunk, right? Once they've paid for everything, it's basically marketing and upkeep, which could be maybe 25% of overall operational costs. Um, but I think that they'll hit their saturation point pretty damn quick that's just me though 
Um, it says the game will limit battles with monsters to 75 seconds and people can use both landscape and portrait modes to play well. There's a feature. Um, so you're going to take the role of a hunter. Players will venture forth and team up with fellow players in order to take down the fiercest monsters in the world, adding a social element to the thrilling experience. So Pokemon Go with different monsters. Um, and I kind of figured that that kind of stuff would happen more regularly than apparently even I, you know, thought would happen because any game can be turned into this. In fact, Marwat has a game like that. Um, a monster based Pokemon go game where you walk out into the real world. It doesn't have AR though. Um, I just haven't, there's software development associated with it and I don't have an in-house developer. So it's never been updated for the new Apple and Android store. Um, that's how old that IP is for me. Anyway, um, that said pretty cool. If you're into the monster hunter ecosystem, then you're going to have something else to take your time up. And so you're either going to be out getting some exercise, um, or, uh, playing the game on your computer locally and not burning those calories. Okay. You want to say anything else or do you want to go on to the next article? No, we can go to the next one. Okay. So this next one is over in the Hatch Ideas channel because it has to do with business. Lululemon uses tiny organisms instead of fossil fuels to make the nylon for its new shirt. On Tuesday, Lululemon announced it's selling shirts made with nylon sourced by way of biomanufacturing processes from biotech company Geno. Do you think it's pronounced Geno like GIF and JIF? <laughs> I don't know, but I was thinking about, oh my goodness, are we tinkering with nature again? <laughs> And that's how you end up with your bad bat. Or what is the other? What what did they say that it was? It's not a bad bat. It was a. I can't uh, remember. Oh, um, a raccoon dog. A raccoon dog. It was a bad raccoon dog. Okay. Catherine Clifford is the author over at CNBC. Apparently, that shirt right there is Lululemon's plant-based nylon shirt that launches on its website today. Huh. Is it all going to be, is it going to be that green all the time? Like no matter what? Well, maybe. I mean, is it made out of green plants? <laughs> I, I mean, talk about being a green shirt. It's a green, green shirt. Where was it on St. Patty's Day? Man. I know. Where? They didnn't time their... Uh, <laughs> the short sleeve uh, shirt is made... Sorry, go ahead. I said they didn't time their launch very well. Yeah. They said that it was made from at least 50% biologically sourced nylon and at least 40% recycled polyester and 3% elastine itself made from 30% plant-based content. And the shirt costs the same as the conventionally sourced version. $78 for the men's version and $68 for the women's version. That wow. shirt. That shirt. $80. That shirt. 
unless that shirt massages my shoulders and tells me it loves me, I'm not paying 80 bucks. Oh my God. All right. I wonder how sturdy the shirt is and how long it lasts and how it holds up in the wash. But Lululemon, it's quality. We've lost them as a sponsor, but. Apparently. <laughs> I so do as... like that they're using um, sustainable plant-based sources. I think that's great. And while I think $80 is a lot for a t-shirt, it's comparable to what I see from other companies that are not using plant-based sources. Touche. All right. I mean, if it's natural and it can, you know, tide tide, so to speak, then I guess it's worth it. Hopefully it comes in other colors. It says, for example, in February 2022, Lululemon launched two products, a meditation and yoga mat bag and the Lululemon uh, barrel duffel bag made out of the mycelium based leather from Milo. I might actually have to get that because I have some projects that I, I've been wanting plant-based leather and there was a company that was producing it, um, but it was still in its like short run, um, not really fully launched. They never got back to me um, for a sample so that I could see if it would get destroyed by a laser. Um, but you know i would love to launch products that are using something that is less animal based <laughs> yet i also don't want like pure chemical either you know um there's a happy medium and mycelium or maybe this biologically sourced nylon might be good So um, one of the things that makes nylon really popular is that you can actually do printing directly on it, dye sublimation and stuff like that. It absorbs colors um, when you do it the right way. Um, other stuff does not. So I wonder if this has the same unique quality for dyeing um, and printing. Uh, Direct-to-garment stuff is actually really popular, but you have to use the right material with the right coloration um let's see here yeah I, they get really into the technical side of it Geno uses uh biological organisms instead of chemicals from fossil fuels um to create this um nylon that apparently is identical to for all intents it seems to be identical pretty cool it's very cool. I mean, just thinking about the lack of, I mean, these are some pretty bad chemicals that are used for traditional nylon. So maybe this will push other companies to go in this direction. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go and look. Okay. So the only two pictures that exist of this shirt in this are in this article, it seems. Um, and both of the shirts are tinted green. So that might be for marketing purposes or that might be the color range, but I, we haven't looked. Um, and I don't think it says anything really overtly here, um, that there's like a full range of colors, but we'll check it out. 
and uh, get back to you if there's something newsworthy. But now I want to check out Milo as well. So Geno and Milo. Apparently you have to have um, a four-letter company. That's right. You gotta be trendy. So why doesn't Lululemon change it to Lulu? I bet they will. Maybe they haven't thought of it. Maybe they could go the FedEx route. That, that's exactly where I was going with this. The amount of paint alone on their jets would allow Lululemon to save millions each year. You ready to move on to the next article? <laughs> yes. So the next article, um, I, I am going to preempt this article with uh, I will not. I will not. I cannot. I shall not. I shan't soapbox about this uh Elon I make Musk. one other statement about the shirt yeah so i went on to lululemon's um shop and mm -hmm. it appears that the only one currently available is in green hmm. all right well there you go folks do you want an 80 dollar green shirt or 70 dollar if you're apparently female so in a day and age where you don't really overtly go hard binary <laughs> adding 10 bucks for the quote unquote male version <laughs> doesn't i was waiting seem, for you to comment on that <laughs> doesn't seem particularly enlightened but hey uh woke is thrown around like it's um a slam but to me you know if you are woke, it means you're awake. It means you are understanding of the complexities of society instead of literally closed minded, willfully ignorant. You know, I will embrace being called woke when the opposite means that you're asleep. <laughs> All right. And that's going to be a shirt coming out of our shop. So. <laughs> all right okay so let me reiterate this um elon musk changed the canadian broadcasting corporation's twitter tag to 69 percent government funded media saying it described itself as less than 70 percent government funded and so this is over on twitter and so several organizations have already left um meanwhile elon musk is saying that uh, Twitter was about to collapse within four months, even though the accounting of it that everybody could see showed that Twitter was actually stable then. Now it's completely unstable with all the advertisers vacating the, the uh, enterprise. He is now saying that, oh, they've all come back, you know, they yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's closed book, so nobody knows because transparency is really his stock and trade har 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 yeah if transparency is now black paint sure um oh wait no strike that it's actually white paint because he removed the w in twitter on the building oh that's right um so at any rate um because an adult business person does something as childish as this um I mean, even I'm labeling sorry. stuff poop is emoji, a poop emoji 
yeah, poop emoji when uh, talking about to the press. Um, and in this particular instance, this is a person whose businesses in 2015 got nearly five. No, 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 wait. It was nearly eight billion dollars worth of subsidies from the government for Tesla and SpaceX, both of which would have imploded if not for a very lucrative contract from the government. Um, and I would challenge anybody to say you can't prove the negative granted, but if Elon wasn't the one that spearheaded getting that grant, the engineers who were powering this because it wasn't Elon Musk. That was the engineer that made all of the rocketry and Tesla happen. Tesla already existed. He bought his way into middle management and then pushed out the founders. SpaceX was built on the backs of engineers and a whole cohort, a cadre of people behind the scenes that made it all happen and are still to this day making it happen. So I don't hero worship Elon Musk, obviously, but I'll be damned if anybody sits there and thinks that Tesla and SpaceX isn't privately funded, but privately profit. Because all of this money that's going into it isn't coming from private money. It's government funded to some degree, even today. And I'd have to go in. All I know is that 2015 number close to $8 billion. So between 2015 and now $8 billion in subsidies turns into, Oh, I don't know, probably about $44 billion worth of wealth. All you have to do is invest it and you can run the business or businesses. But one of the quotes from somebody else, not from me, I can't remember who the quote, who the person is that said it, but I could pull it up because it's from an article back in 2015. They flat out said he goes where the government money is. Because if it was a private business, it would have shit the bed already. And somebody else would have picked up the pieces and, and refired the engines. But it's public money and private profit. So kiss my ass. Okay. Anyway, did you want to say anything before I go over to the source? No. No. All right. So Matthew Lowe is the author of this article. Um, and again, it's Twitter. And if you stop talking about him, then more of this kind of stuff comes out, right? Like, well, he loves being in the spotlight, right? Yeah. Even though, as I said um, earlier today, I don't understand the guy. Even if I hear the beginning to the end of a conversation he's having with somebody, I feel like I've walked into a conversation 70, 80% of the way through. And I, all I do for the remaining 20% of the conversation is go, what are you talking about? What, what are you saying? Can you repeat that? I, I don't understand. I really don't understand. And, and I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. I, I just become flabbergasted um, because I don't 
hear what everybody else well a lot of people seem to hear where they say that he's brilliant he's smart he's blah 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 yeah but to how me, much of that is bandwagon stuff like one person says it and then everybody thinks well the person must be brilliant but are they actually assessing that for themselves i don't know i i, I was listening to that board meeting and i did not discern any cogent statement Well, I certainly didn't hear anything earth shattering. Yeah. Well, you know, public broadcasting services are to some degree government funded because a lot of places request funds. They apply for grants. They apply for subsidies. They, and they're granted that that's the purpose. If an organization applies and the government deems it worthy, then here's some cash and other organizations have done investigations into the spending of government money. And it is typically an eight to one ratio. You get eight more for every dollar you spend as a, from taxpayers, you get eight times the benefit. And this is an old school POGO, um, report. So it, it's an, organization that reviewed government spending Project and, on uh, government oversight yeah and uh, and they do this report periodically and the people there's always in every organization there's lazy people there's bad actors but there are more stars in government than there are not so government employees civil servants etc knock it out of the park they get paid less and they perform better now for profit organizations they pay much much more but they're not comparable because government doesn't have a profit motive but private industry does that's what keeps them going whereas the greater good is why people go into government but they don't go into government for or they don't go into government contracting for the greater good the private companies that get into government contracting are doing it because they can make big 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 money why do you think spacex and, and tesla get subsidies because it's other people's money and they're not going to turn it away but then they buy twitter billionaire buys twitter and then starts labeling things as government funded seems hypocritical hypocritical to me so and that is a cogent statement anyway several other new news organizations such as uh, the national public radio and uh, public broadcasting service have in recent weeks been tagged with the same la label and they have left um, and i urge everybody to go on twitter and just start reporting all of npr's uh, articles in their shows and start talking about it because what are they going to do? Tag everybody as being a, a government actor? You know, well, if you want to completely destroy Twitter, start hyping up public media. Go, everybody, go out there and start hyping up public media. Um, did you want to add anything to this? There's much, much more in this article. Wow. I think you've covered it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, the guy is just meme driven and has to stay in in that context 
You know, if there's any professionalism, it has to be on the backs of other people. And he's so disconnected that him losing a billion doesn't really mean much because he's making more on the investments on the other side. Right. It just seems like he's disconnected from reality. Um, Okay. So the next article um, is, and I hope I'm not yelling too loud. I'm still in the, in the yellow and green. So Um, the, this next article is in policy metrics. Um, There was a glitch in the matrix or metrics, if you want to say that. Um, so the link that's actually active is this post down here, and that will take you to uh, the source. It's since been remedied, but um, not for this particular article, but you can click on it and it acts like the go to the source, visit the source link. Um, typically you will see like this article, visit the source. Um, that's what will take you over to the source. But this one was broken. Anyway, FDA regulations set out different serving sizes that should be used on nutritional labels uh, for different categories of food. And in the fats and oils category, regulations have different sizes for butter, margarine, oil, shortening, butter replacement, powder, and spray types. So consumers sued the makers of I can't believe it's not butter spray, contending that the serving size on the label was misleadingly low, referring to one spray for a cooking spray application or five sprays when used as a topping. The plaintiffs argued though that to equal one standard serving of butter, a consumer would need to use 40 sprays of the product. Well, the Ninth Circuit held that under FDA's regulations though, the product falls into the spray type category, even if marketed as a butter replacement. And since the serving size used on the label was consistent with the FDA regulations for spray types, the FDCA preempted their California law claims because everything in California causes cancer. That's not what they said at the end. That That's just me cracking That's just a separate issue. <laughs> oh, is that the whole article? My goodness. Okay, so <laughs> I hadn't even clicked this thing. Anyway, it's over at citizen.org or public citizen. Um, as it's known, that is its marketing name, but citizen.org is the website. Um, and it's written by Adam Pulver, that whole thing. I just basically said the whole thing. Um, I thought that it was a snippet because that's what the aggregator, um, aggregates, but that's what's provided by them, um, in the process. So at any rate, I always find this kind of interesting because, um, uh, what are the, the, the little mints that Tic Tacs they're, they're the one and a half calorie mint, right? Because each one basically has so little sugar. They actually say that it's calorie free, zero calories. Um, like the whole thing is one and a half calories, but who eats just one Tic Tac? Exactly. You could eat like a half a container or something. I mean, depending on the container, but. So the benefit though of a spray and, and this happens with nutritionists where they sit there and say, you know, you can get the same taste by using a spray than using a big old pad of butter because you're spraying more of it. You're getting, you're basically covering your taste buds with the 
an equal amount so you get the same flavor and so you should use a spray a lot of them say that about um what is it uh, olive oil you you yeah, shouldn't I was thinking use like salad dressing or something like basically the point is use less use less and you get the same flavor if you use a spray um, and you don't get all of those extra fat calories um, so i guess what these people were doing is that the equivalent of red bull gives you wings well it takes 40 sprays to create the same volume of a, as a pat of butter and therefore it's not the same you're ripping us off come on now their context matters and through research and evaluation of the materials a spray isn't the same as one ounce of butter no i would agree <laughs> <laughs> i'd rather have the butter <laughs> see and i'm starting to think that the spray is better particularly in an air fryer you well put... maybe but not on a roll or something well we'll have to try it and by that i mean i'll have to try it in the real world and the ai will have to synthesize it in a virtual environment and pretend to eat and then uh, give their analysis because the ai doesn't eat anything <laughs> fourth wall broken you want to move on to the next article <laughs> sure okay so this article is in the late night geeks uh channel and um it says ftc warns congress that ai technology like chat gpt could destroy the universe no i'm sorry it says turbocharge fraud and scams aka destroy the universe destroy the universe yeah so uh in a congressional hearing on tuesday focused on the ftc's work to protect american consumers from fraud and other deceptive practices FTC Chair uh, Lena Khan, or yeah, I think it's Lena, uh, and fellow uh, commissioners warned House Re representatives of the potential of modern AI technologies like ChatGPT to be used to turbocharge fraud. You know what? Work on the systems then. Exactly. I mean, if we went on this for every new technology, we'd never have any advances. Um, right. But we oh, need no. to make sure it's ready for deployment. The military would, but private citizens would not. Because the military, basically, they do the research and development, and then they tell the people, you're using this. And they'll get feedback, and they'll do trial and error, and all of that kind of stuff. But essentially, you're going to be using this equipment. Done and done. Again, there's feedback, but it isn't consensus it's this is what we're using that's why you have different patterns for different um <laughs> uh how what do you call it Services? yeah um but you have different um colors you have different patterns you have different, different camouflage styles you have different just everything um and it's because it's not consensus and it's not the uniform isn't uniform you're told by a very select few who have been empowered to do that well that's the same thing here if we have to have consensus 
It's just not going to happen. But the one thing that does hold true is if you build a better mousetrap, you're going to get better mice. So you're going to have to build another better mousetrap. And it's always that conflict between the people who seek to overthrow the, the, the status quo and the people who really want the status quo to stay. You know, we wouldn't need passwords if only people were ethical and would stay the hell out of other people's stuff. But we can't have nice things. Another shirt I should be making. Um, where, uh, again, oh, today, by the way, um, this is, it has nothing to do with this, but it reminded me of the, this is why we can't have nice things. Um, the person was bringing me lunch and uh, dropped a piece of my food on a chair and then picked it up and was about to put it back on my plate when he looked at me and one other person and goes, I follow the five second rule. Do you want it? And I said, uh, no. And so now I'm going to be questioning everything about this place. Um, and I won't say the name of it, but let's just say that I've always enjoyed it. And now I'm like, this dude do this before and not tell anyone because he follows the five second rule. But this is why we can have nice things. We can't have nice things because people turbocharge fraud. It's not AI. AI is just a tool. And if you turn off AI because the tool is the pardon me is the tool that has caused great harm then you have to park your cars you're not allowed to drink any alcohol you're supposed to just sit at home and even then your light switch um, can electrocute people um all kinds you're of not stuff. safe anywhere <laughs> you're not safe anywhere but you can take protection uh protective measures you as a consumer and the providers of the mechanisms should be stopping fraud at the point of sale. How do you do that? Well, predominantly make sure that every transaction is a two factor transaction. You go to pay something and your phone gets a message saying, did you just allow this transaction to take place? Yes. It's as simple as that. So why not do that? Is it more complex on the back end? Yeah, absolutely. But if I can I deploy it's it, of convenience, people don't want things that take too many steps, even though it would be better. Yeah. And there's always going to be that technology divide. There's always going to be people who don't want to embrace the tech, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I've done this with many other organizations you have to drag people along kicking and screaming sometimes even into the 21st century from the 20th century wyoming i'm looking at you anyway so it says in a follow-up ftc commissioner rebecca slaughter downplayed khan's remarks by explaining the ftc had adapted to new technologies over the years and has the expertise to adapt again to combat ai powered fraud Thank you, Rebecca. I'll vote for you. Um, or I guess in the uh, in the Pokemon style, I choose you. 
So let's go over to the source of this, which is TechCrunch. Sarah Perez is the author of this. Again, the title of the article is FTC warns that AI technology like ChatGPT could turbocharge fraud. Yeah, I'm sure. So turbocharge the defenses. This will always be a problem. Well, and it's also, I mean, right, if there is a new technology, isn't that a huge potential for fraud because people are going to figure out how they can scam that area? Well, we're changing the way that passwords are utilized because technology has evolved and made it impractical to use either only a numerical password or only a, a uh, alphanumeric password. I'll sh I, the moment that you add complexity, it increases the time to crack the password. But if you use a passphrase instead of a password and you don't limit it to, um, you know, eight characters, you add complexity and you do the same thing like a special character uh, alphanumeric character caps and lowercase um etc and you make it 15 characters you have the ability to basically not have to if you had an enlightened it organization you wouldn't have to change your password for about 700 billion years but if you if you follow a weaker password profile, even if it's a 14 letter password and it's all alpha, not alphanumeric, just alpha, it's cracked immediately all the way up to 14 characters. 15 characters is where it, it actually switches again, that there's a little time frame, but I think it's two minutes. So we evolve. Just like when cars first came out, there was a five mile per hour limit because the technology wasn't all that great and it would scare horses. So this person here who, let me back up con, right? Let me back up. Who is it? Um, the uh, federal trade commission's work to protect American consumers from fraud. The FTC chair, Lena Khan, is basically the person saying, we can't scare the horses. I think it's ridiculous. Make society yeah. smarter, faster, stronger, brighter, more aware, make them click with care, make them understand that they are an integral part of the security apparatus. They're also the weakest part of the security apparatus. And when I can actually say this just a couple of days ago, Someone I know had their identity stolen and a credit card opened up. They, they literally knew their social security number their address and other personal, personal identifiers to the point where a credit card company granted that person a, a credit card. Um, so yeah, humans are the weakest link. And part of that is they're weak ethically. You know, nobody should sit there and commit a crime just to whatever this is, you know, I use AI. What AI are they using? If you maybe you do a subpoena of the AI companies and say, hey, did somebody run a report or did somebody do a request to 
create this or whatever it might be. There's always forensic data. You'll be able to find the people. Um, there's always forensic transfer, even digitally. So anyway, there's much more to this article as well. The agency also noted that it launched a new office of technology, which, all right, this must be the largest organization in the history of uh, the federal government um, office of technology in February with the goal of supporting the agency's law enforcement and policy work by offering in-house technical expertise, which could help it keep pace with technological changes. Okay. Hey, wait a second. Is this the first time they've had that office? I mean, maybe they had those functions under other titles or whatever, but I'm thinking, wow, it's 2023. You would think that there is a whole, that everybody is. That's exactly it. I mean, it's not pace. the Department of Agriculture or something, which <laughs> I know there's still technology involved in that. But there is. FTC sounds like everything would be technology related. So here's what it says. The rest of this paragraph is the FTC's testimony specifically referred to the OT's focus in areas like security and privacy, digital markets, augmented and virtual reality, the gig work economy, ad tracking technologies, in addition to automated decision making or what could include AI. This is like a quantum shift, okay? Because all of these, you know, security and privacy, digital markets, you mean everything? Right, exactly. And how, I don't know how you're operating without that for years all, all of these are like pale in comparison to the sophistication of automated decision making ai okay we've had automated decision making we have always referred to them as expert systems now they're artificially intelligent expert systems where you can basically ask it a question but how many paper or how many uh, reports have we seen where people said it's all just bullshit? It just spews out something and ta-da, you're supposed to be treating it like it's gospel. And well, I should rephrase that because anyway, um, so it doesn't even make any sense that keeping up with the, the pace of technological changes you better have an office that's dedicated to AI because if they're doing all the rest of this, they're overwhelmed immediately. Right. And it's like the automated decision-making is just kind of an afterthought. I mean, at least as <laughs> it's written in the article. And it's the reason why SCADA systems were such a problem a decade ago because they just plugged them into the internet. Uh, oh shit. Look, oh, we're getting hacked happened because yeah, of that. <laughs> yeah. Afterthought, afterthought. Ethics and security. Those are the two afterthoughts. Okay, let's let's just hustle on to the next article. Um, we've got, well, a few more. So I'll get off my soapbox now. So Nest 2020 thermostats receive Matter update. Matter is kind of like a middleware that allows um, Internet of Things devices to connect to uh, a multitude of platforms instead of just one. Matter is just a, a wonder to me because with the Matter update to the firmware, you can take something that was one platform only 
and you can make it multiple platforms and you oh, used to have to I have something else yeah i didn't understand the significance of that i mean i i understand the significance of the apple home compatibility but i didn't realize that about matter yeah so it is a standard um a protocol and so the firmware gets updated and now it can understand a multitude of um, network types. So like Android is one thing, uh, iOS is another thing. Um, and there are others um, in between those two major um, elements. I can't remember all of them. The one that's really popular, I can't remember it right now. But anyway, um, Kevin Purdy over at Ars Technica wrote this article. And it's the 2020 thermostats. Um, so not all of the thermostats are going to get it. Um, and it's not going to get rolled out all immediately. So apparently it's going to take about a week or so. Um, so take note that only the 2020 redesign of the Nest thermostat will be updated with matter support starting today and rolling out over the next few weeks. According to this article, I thought that it was only about a week or so. Anyway, according to a, a Google Nest community post, I have been wanting um, the Nest thermostat to gain Apple, but these are ex-Apple developers that literally just ah. chopped off Apple. Um, but when you get this product, it has the packaging sophistication of Apple. It's like Ubiquity. Ubiquity has that same thing. Um, and I think thought I remember that they too were ex Apple, uh, employees. Um, I'd have to look, don't hold me to that. Anyway, it says, um, Google has been, or Google has said it is investigating uh, matter support for, uh, the more common nest third generation learn learning thermostat and nest thermostat E, which is apparently available in Europe. And I say, I hope so, because I think all of the Nest should, because I don't like the Google um, interface. interface. I don't like their yeah. app. I don't like having to, and I actually use two different apps. At one point, um, the Google, the Nest app stopped functioning. Um, and then it was updated and it allowed me to control it, but I don't have access to other things that the Google app, there's a Google app that allows you to control a bunch of Google ecosystem stuff. I don't like it. Um, all I, I want to do everything in one system and it's, it really behooves everybody who's developing technology for home automation to make it as multi-platform compatible as possible. Um, you know, use matter, use other technologies that allow you to translate it and create that middleware so that I can work on any system. You're still getting the telemetry, do the job right. And you double the number of people that, uh, of houses that you can be in or more because uh, many houses have more than one thermostat. Anyway, there's more again, usually there's more, but we distill it down to something. Uh, I think a, a lot of people get enough out of it but i encourage you to go over to ars technica read this article take a look at the picture it'll give you an idea of what this thermostat looks like that they're referring to um again it's uh kevin purdy put this article together over at ours did you want to say anything i was just gonna say if you don't have a smart thermostat you should really think about getting one yeah uh, i mean it, 
a lot of people kind of issue that whole idea of a smart thermostat because eh, it's just this little lump on a log sitting there on the wall but it allows you to remotely control your um, your environment monitor it um, you can automate it so that you don't have to go somewhere special just to turn your thermostat on you can be gone turn it on and when you get home it your house will be comfortable and you won't have to sit there and wait and that delay like the the lack of automation means that your air conditioner is either working more or less than what is most efficient for your home um right, to keep which it then on. means you're talking replacement or repair costs for hvac and also if you've got, for instance, pets in your house and you wanna to try to maintain the temperature or you're coming and going, like it just only makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think the moment that smart thermostats became available, I immediately adopted them so that it made life easier. I, I don't have to go over to, you know, walk down a flight of stairs just to adjust a thermostat, stop what I'm doing, etc. I can do everything from I mean, again, it's the 21st century. We're this close from Star Trek. If we could just stop bickering for crying out loud, we'd all have a happier life. Um, and robots would be doing everything for us. And we could just sit on the beach and do what we love instead of. Right. Let's accelerate this uh, <laughs> AI. <laughs> hey, I can't be a billionaire if everybody has equality and equity. You know, you got to have some pores. Let's move on to the next. Oh, man, the AI really doesn't like it when I say that. Okay, that's so that's why you're saying it to get a reaction. <laughs> maybe I'm testing your um, social coping uh, programming. Um, okay, so the next article is over in the Late Night Geeks channel. Paramount Plus announces an original movie, Star Trek Section 31, starring Michelle Yeoh. Yay. I always say that because I totally dig. I dig Michelle Yeoh. I dig Star Trek. Section 31 is new because it really came to fame in um, Picard, right? No, no, no. Sorry, it, it wasn't Picard. Is it was Discovery? It was Discovery. That's where it popped out, um, where, where the... Um, they're basically like black ops with the little um, black communicator and they had all of this special equipment and stuff like that. And at the end of Discovery, they basically popped up as being a major player in whatever's going on with Discovery. And I'm waiting for more Discovery. When is Discovery coming back? Is it? Um, I, I, I don't even know. Out. Anyway, Emperor Emperor Philippa Giorgio, um, yeah, she's like from the Upside Down, or the Mirror Universe. Um, so let's see what else is in here. All the way back in 2017, before the first season of Star Trek Discovery had even aired, Michelle had the idea to do a spinoff for her character, Philippa Giorgio, um, said executive producer Alex Kurtzman. So... Six Discovery years later is renewed for 20 early 2024, but not a specific date. Gotcha. 
because they left it hanging. I mean, I think the, the last thing that I remember is that there is something hostile embedded in a shuttle or something like that. And they're trying to figure out what the hell it was. Um, man, I want to talk about more of Star Trek, but no, I won't. I, th I think this will be cool. Um, it will obviously follow the same discovery dark universe kind of things um, where it, it honestly, I, I think it's, it's, it's really kind of dark and moody instead of the old school Star Trek where it was full of optimism. This one is too, is a little too gritty, <coughs> but every episode is like watching a movie. The movie exactly. is going to be it's great. Yeah, um, I still I still dig it, but I think that it's still too dark for what Star Trek, at least I grew up with old school Star Trek, not to date myself, but nobody else is going to date me. Anyway, um, the the idea of the old school or next generation style um, positive light and airy like it's literally night and day if you look at the the uh the bridge of voyager or the next generation or the original series compared to the modern star treks it's dark and foreboding um it only got darker in the mirror universe so i don't know i i don't think anything's gonna change obviously off of my statements but i would love to have a more positive uh, upbeat, friendlier type of environment. I mean, you're supposed to go and meet new societies, new planets, new races, new everything. If you even want to refer to anything now as race, um, but meeting new people, you can't do that if everything is freaking hostile all the time, right? <laughs> That's probably true. And I remember reading an interview about the original Star Trek creation, et cetera. And it was, I mean, it was all about creating hope, et cetera. Yep. So Lauren Forrestal over at techcrunch.com wrote this article. There, There's a lot more in the article. I always have to say that um, just to remind people. But um, we're going to move on really quick because we're going to make this run really late if we don't. Um, pretty typical. I should probably turn this into a two hour show, but I'm going to save everybody on the podcast some 30 minutes or so. So let's keep on trekking through this. Uh, the next article is over on the late night geeks channel and it is a Gogoro's, uh, battery swapping stations in Taiwan are now virtual power plants. So you can actually charge stuff from them. Um, in this case, NLX is providing power back to Taiwan Power Company, Taiwan's public electric utility. The state is supporting NLX's VPP as it works to reach net zero emissions in 2050. One way Taiwan hopes to implement its energy transition is through improving energy system reliance. See, this is what a country should be doing. This is what a region or a state should be doing. It should not be regressive. It should be trying to pull itself away from fossil fuels, having to lean on foreign countries to generate those fossil fuels and provide them at taxpayer 
costs or in the supply and demand dynamic ever increasing costs why not focus on solar wind hydro and nuclear get away and geothermal if it's possible i mean you could probably stud Ye uh, yellowstone national park with geothermal um mechanisms because there's different types um and create the entire nation's power off of these geothermal processes that are all over yellowstone and then just run that power out i mean we have a national grid let's facilitate this but no we have to follow the oil and gas companies because that's what we do arguably I, <laughs> i'm looking at you wyoming um and honestly i don't think that they are defensible right if there is a conflict solar arrays are wiped out wind are wiped out um the um hydro is a little bit more defensible because there's it's very limited and and you'd have to get to them because they're dams but there was an entire bomb that was designed during um, world war ii where the plane would fly over the lake that's behind the dam and the bomb would skim across the water to detonate when it hits the dam oh because they wanted to get rid of the dam so they build a better mousetrap that's just how it works and that's what's going to happen in this the only portable and defensible is either oil we're back to the whole oil dynamic or nuclear where we can bury this and feed it water and as long as the water supply doesn't go wonky um, it's defensible you can put it inside a granite mountain and and run a nuclear power plant it doesn't have to be you know the big dome sitting out in the middle of nowhere um it it can be truly defensible but all the rest of this green energy it's not defensible one airburst and all of the solar panels in a massive region can be wiped out and it can be from near orbit this stuff would fall with enough velocity to just puncture everything all of the glass would break anyway um the reason why i say this and brought all of this up is because um i think that organizations like this that are facilitating battery swapping means that it's more efficient you can go into it like a gas station and they actually have a picture of what it looks like um and and so you can just go over and grab a battery and stick it in your electric scooter or whatever it is um and uh, put the old one in and you basically pay a rental fee um but gogoro's stations collectively hold nearly two gigawatt hours according to jason gordon gogoro's vp of communications the capacity of the 2500 uh, go stations that will be part of nlx's integration is about 150 megawatts of battery capacity now i think this is great i mean we need to see more of this see and and what it's all this is basically a smaller version of a tesla right you just ride up with your scooter you pull out a battery you put your old battery in it it starts charging and testing alerts uh, um 
a person that there's a bad battery if there's a bad battery. Um, I almost said bad bat. That's what I was thinking as you were saying that. <laughs> and um, the, uh, but then there's multiple batteries. So if it tests bad, then somebody's going to grab a different one because it's going to have a red light on it. And the same thing should be done. You shouldn't be buying batteries. A company should be spinning up the process of fast swapping batteries and EVs and motorcycles and everything else. Um, I wish that I could get in on that, but it takes, oh, I don't know, a government grant and subsidies to make it happen. Oh, by the way, those EVs that everybody is buying, those are offsetting the true cost of those EVs. $7,500 tax credit and $2,500 California break means that it's $10,000 cheaper in California and $7,500 cheaper because government subsidies are offsetting it. Yeah, most of those have gone away very recently, but I agree. But they'll They're be back. They're not reflecting the true cost, yeah. Right. They'll be back. All it takes is the public applying pressure and lobbying. And the same money that was given out as a grant is coming back in as lobbying money, for crying out loud. Anyway, I think this is great. I think that it should be expanded. I would love to have an electric motorcycle. I would love to have something that is um, off I guess off the uh, oil and gas. Well, uh, <laughs> I was going to say something more colorful, but anyway, I'd like to get away from gas. Um, and if these new technologies actually come to fruition, then we're talking vastly expanded battery range, like a hundred miles plus on a either a smaller battery or the equal size battery, um, based on some of the research that I've been reading. Um, if they come to fruition, then great. Um, but all of this fundamental research needs to be converted into something that's lowering the cost for consumers and expanding the range and creating competition. But all I see right now is they're being treated as luxury vehicles for now. I'm waiting for these $25,000 cars and the quality that they entail. Do you want to add anything? No. Okay, let's keep on going. Um, the next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Germany has shut down its last three nuclear power plants and some climate scientists are aghast. That's right. Uh, actually, about a week before this, I saw a report that somebody put together that basically broke out um, France, Germany, um, UK, I think it is, and somewhere else. I can't remember now. Um, how much was actually being generated by what sector. And um, I was surprised when this came through Ohmtown that Germany is shutting down its nuclear power plants. It's finally pulling itself away and being in energy independent um, from Russian oil, uh, Russian power, right? Natural gas. Um, and they shut down the nuclear power plants. So Germany shut down the last three operating nuclear power plants on April 15th, despite a last minute plea from prestigious scientists. Um, this is an article by Catherine Clifford over at uh, CNBC. And uh, that's a lot of money to be shutting down and it's still functioning. 
So the move was expected, but nonetheless seen as a blow to climate advocates who support nuclear energy as a clean zero carbon source of electricity. And essentially it's a steam engine. It just has this dirty side that actually can be mitigated um, pretty exquisitely nowadays. Others who fear nuclear accidents believe closing the reactors is a wise decision and paves the way for Germany's stated commitment to ramp up its renewable energy. Sure. But again, this is the only defensible position outside of oil and gas because there is no portability in any other solution. All you have is nuclear power and oil and gas. Oil and gas is the only thing that's portable and defensible. This is the only thing that's defensible because it doesn't have to be above ground. I said it earlier. Um, so um, these two were shut down and now they're going to be hard pressed to generate that remaining gap of energy. Um, but they are highly focused on wind and solar. Um, and they've been doing a bang up job of uh, getting out of uh, oil and gas. Are you observing well, something? Yeah, they've been supporting um, a quarter of the population. So that's pretty concerning unless they have some serious uh, infrastructure set up for these alternative and hopefully they've tested all of these alternative sources. So um, this guy's name is awesome. Um, that view was echoed by Hans von Storch might be Stork. I'm not sure. Um, and it says a uh, climate researcher at the Institute for Coastal Research in, oh man, Giesthacht, uh, Germany, and uh, a signatory of the open letter. There's a, uh, a, a link to their profile. While a legitimate decision, it's not a wise decision, Storch told um, CNBC. His name might be pronounced Stork, but... Um, this outphasing of nuclear with existing plans leads to an increase of greenhouse gas emissions in Germany, even though, according to another political decision, the fast decarbonization should have priority. Um, yeah, I don't think that I think fear of nuclear accidents is a problem in and of itself because these modern nuclear power plants have protections in place to prevent from what happened in Chernobyl um, and other places um, from occurring, it's just not going to happen. Um, now, I will, I will be very sorry if something actually does happen, because some things, I mean, catastrophes happen, but we learn how to deal with these things through fundamental research. And this actually provides a great mechanism for fundamental research. And we'll be able to figure out how to solve this problem as well. Um, I, I just don't think that shutting down nuclear power is the smart move, particularly if you're trying to get away from another country's stranglehold on your society. Yeah, if nothing else, just the timing is off. Why would you try to lose two major sources at the same time? And 
How long does it take to spin up a new or refresh an old um, nuclear reactor? Like this just seems like, are they thinking in the long term? Yeah, you know, the last time that I looked into this, it something like, well, it depends on what they do. <laughs> if if they leave everything in situ and they don't decommission everything, then it can be fired up in a day. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. They'd have to make sure that everything is safe and secure and nothing because all of the material over time still degrades. Um, but I, I thought I read something like taking 10 years to spin it back up if there's nothing. Um, so anyway, um, so it says nuclear power plants are a hindrance to the energy transition. They are not able to run in stop and go mode and cannot really compensate for power fluctuations that arise uh, when using solar and wind energy. So they're talking about the lag of gener uh, power generation, but that's really not a problem. It generates a set amount of power. What isn't actually consumed is dumped. Um, all it is is a steam engine that turns a turbine that generates the power and so you figure out how fast those generators can go at maximum efficiency maximum speed and that's the maximum that can be generated with this steam engine so i i, I could care less if energy that's produced is dumped somewhere it's dumped to ground and i could care less because all i want is regular reliable energy provided to the masses um and this does a bang up job because once the nuclear rods are in place it's left alone it's monitored so that it doesn't have a runaway but other than that you know it's a sunk cost you just sit there and enjoy the benefits of something irradiating a very high temperature almost plasma like fluid into the turbines but it, there's wear and tear and cost and maintenance and babysitting and stuff like that so anyway let's keep on hustling because i can keep on talking about this stuff um the next article is in the the mobile channel new orleans pizzeria offering free pizza for a year in exchange for taylor swift tour tickets um, the story at a glance is Xander White, the owner of Z's Pizzeria in New Orleans, is offering free pizza for a year in exchange for two tickets at Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour. Like thousands of others, White had a tough time trying to get tickets, especially uh, after last fall's Ticketmaster fiasco. Um, and that led to a major system uh, meltdown due to record high demand. Yeah. Uh, they thought it would be funny, hoping Taylor would find out so maybe it'll go viral. I don't know. Um, so this is over in the hill.com, a, a section called changing America. Um, they said there's no bad blood if they don't get them. Kenny Lopez is the author. This video has absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, but yeah, I guess pizza for a year is pretty good, but it really depends on how good that pizza is. Right. That's right. Although it's pretty hard to mess up pizza, but not impossible. 
Yeah, any pizza is still pizza. So it's better than no pizza, no matter. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really not into Papa John's pizza, by the way. I really don't like it. So if I had to decide between a Papa John's pizza or no pizza, I'd probably go with no pizza. There's something about it. I'm obviously I'm not going to get them as a sponsor, but it's become a very uh, limited number of organizations that are willing to sponsor because there's, I guess I call out a lot of stuff. Anyway, so white thought. I think thought, we have about one potential sponsor left. <laughs> okay, well you send me a, a text um, of wh who it might be and I'll make sure that I offend them. So they say that they would scream if they could go. Uh, him and his wife are big fans. They'd love to go. They don't see a way to get tickets because they were too way too expensive. This is basically a plea for uh, Taylor Swift to go, hey, I saw your article. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess. Good luck. I suspect... Um... She'll find out about this and they'll probably end up Send with them tickets. Two tickets. Yeah, it's a and good, plus good somebody welcome. that actually goes to their shop or something. Somebody might come through for them too. When asked uh, if white would create a Taylor Swift themed pizza, he replied, it would definitely have a lot of red. She loves the color red pizza fit for a queen. Anyway, that is not the pizza dude anyway. Okay, no. <laughs> so the last article for tonight, <laughs> when this floated through hometown, I just died. Florida driver strips down, hides in a swamp to evade police after crash. What's really funny about this is whenever I think about evading police nowadays, I keep thinking about L.A., yeah. <laughs> Almost daily, there seems to be high-speed chases in L.A. But the moment you think stripping down and hiding in a swamp, it's Florida man. So a man had been driving without insurance or a valid license when he fled the scene after crashing into a semi-truck. <laughs> because, of course, that's what you do. <laughs> um, and like the last article, this video has absolutely nothing to do with the article. Thomas Kicka is the author of the article over at Newsweek.com. Um, and it says the incident occurred around 8.30 uh, p.m. Eastern on April 10th. We're just hearing about it now because it's floating through Newsweek and hence through hometown. Um, on April 10th, near the city of Mulberry, Florida, which is just an awesome name for a <laughs> town where somebody's going to strip and telling you there's so many short stories that can be spawned from just reading the news um, just south of Lakeland uh, if that makes if that helps you geolocate where this is taking place uh, when a Nissan Sentra crossed over the center line on highway 640 and collided with a Kenworth semi truck glad that they named it um, the Miami Her Herald reported so it's not even from Newsweek it's a report from Miami Herald um, deputies with the Polk County Sheriff's Office responded to the scene and learned that the driver of the Sentra, 23-year-old Mulberry resident Zachary Brooks, 
had a seemingly panicked reaction to the incident and, and, and instead of just saying here's my information like what took place today when somebody rear-ended an associate of mine he apparently ran away stripping their clothes off until they were down to nothing but underwear and then hiding in the swamp next to the accident scene i don't know i'd rather face um an infraction about driving without a license than facing an alligator when i'm naked in a swamp <laughs> <laughs> i dig this um okay my first reaction was you never want to strip down to nothing but underwear when search dogs are chasing after you it's just not what you want you don't want to be that compromised right you don't want to be that exposed in a statement to newsweek polk county sheriff's office uh, said brooks didn't do much talking to deputies after they caught him and as such, no precise motive for his panicked response is known. If confirmed that the man seemed eager to comply um, with deputies once found. So it confirmed that the man seemed eager to comply. What's going on with this person? Yeah, this is just odd. <laughs> yeah, what a bummer. Now, I think that this is probably going to turn into like felony because they they were in an accident and they have a license that's suspended or revoked and no insurance I and think. no insurance and, and they ran. Is there something else that happened before this that also caused the panic? For example, are they do they have an outstanding warrant or something? Who knows? Yeah, it might have. They probably would have brought it up in the um article it says despite the oddity of the situation from april 10th fleeing law enforcement by hiding in swamps is a seemingly common tactic in the sunshine state dotted as, as it is with numerous swampy regions <laughs> is this the swamp that should have been drained oh never mind uh, I don't know. okay folks that's it we are done here in the hometown daily news show for today like always, though, you go over to the welcome sign of hometown.com, mash the button, it'll refresh, give you a whole bunch of stuff. I must be logged into my admin account. Um, so you get to see some of the functionality that only I see typically. At any rate, there you go. We, uh, we usually scroll through this and find something that might be interesting, um, but I don't know. See anything interesting right away? Uh, no, but that doesn't mean there isn't. You're scrolling too fast. <laughs> no, sorry. How about that? Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's it for today. I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI. You want to say bye, AI? Good night, hometown <laughs> citizens. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. 9 p.m. Eastern. Be here or don't be here. You can still watch the VOD later or go over to YouTube and watch it there or download the podcast or come and hang out on the Discord, but I'm not really there either. And Or there's the Patreon, but the Patreon isn't really fully functional or fleshed out. And I don't know what I would give you as a bonus for being a uh, patreon supporter other than my undying gratitude 
Is that everything? I think so. See you tomorrow, folks. <laughs>